Next on BYU Sports Nation, bring on Boise and that number 14 national ranking. What exactly is on the line for BYU football this Saturday? And what changes do we expect to see BYU football make as they prepare for the Broncos? Plus, the best way to prepare for an unknown quarterback situation on both sides of the ball. Former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson joins us live. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, October 16th, wherever and however you're connected. Wonderful to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the newest bandwagon member of the St. Louis Battlehawks, Jason Shepard. First and foremost, Battlehawks, awesome nickname. Uh, second point, no. I, uh, I, I am not a... Look, my only sports tie to St. Louis, my only tie to St. Louis is the St. Louis Cardinals. Beyond that, I have no connection to any of the other teams. Everything else is Kansas City for me. So, but I will give them credit... That is an awesome nickname, the Battle Hawks. Okay, Jason, not in on the XFL per se, but I wasn't going to bring up the Cardinals. You no, went, no, no. you went there. No, but, but the reason you're saying I'm a bandwagon member is because they're from St. Louis. But I partially yes, yes, <laughs> mostly Missouri, mostly Missouri. Yes, uh, look, are you an XFL guy? Like I remember the first incarnation of the XFL, mm-hmm. which was. Interesting, to say the least. I'm a Vince McMahon guy. (laughs) At least his gifts and his memes. Yes, he does have very good gifts, yes. (laughs) I'll probably watch like everybody like week one or week two, and then it will fizzle. That's what happens with this. I'm interested to see if the league the second time around can make it last longer than the AAF. That won't take much. Look, you're going up against the NFL and not maybe not directly, but you're trying to pull from that. It, it just usually doesn't work. Just give me it on Tuesday nights because I feel like Tuesday night's the only night that football doesn't exist during football season, right? Yeah, there's nothing on Tuesday night. Wednesday, there's a college football game, usually some action. Then Thursday, NFL, college. Friday's college football in high school. Saturday, obviously, college football heavy. Sunday, NFL driven. Monday night football. Tuesday's the day. So if the XFL wants to last, they need to have the Tuesday night game. Tuesday night game, yeah, but I'm still probably <laughs> going to watch the Flash instead. <laughs> Are you going to root for the Battlehawks? Like, if you had to pick pick an XFL team, oh, I guess if right? I'm going if I'm going to root for any of them, I guess it would be the one from my home state. Sure, okay. Jason leading the charge for the Battle Battlehawks. Hawks. Bandway. We should be that the Battle Cougars. Name. That is a sweet name. Ba- you add battle to anything. The Battle Cougars. Take on the Battle Broncos. Even if I like the Otters, the Battle Otters. <laughs> you just add battle to it. You're. You just up the uh, the toughness. Oh, here is today's show lineup. No battles, I promise. Well, maybe there might be battle otters. Riley Nelson, former BYU quarterback, has been in plenty of battles as an <laughs> athlete. He's going to tell us why this quarterback situation on both sides of the ball is a very unique one to prepare for. Plus, the top ten plays halfway through the BYU football season. We all need to pick me up. Hopefully, this helps a little bit. And my one on one. BYU Sports Nation all-access interview with BYU linebacker Trajan Peely, defensive lineman. He's kind of a hybrid guy. He's going to talk about why he hasn't given up on this BYU run defense just yet. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. 
Yes, the Cougars of BYU football returned to Lavelle Edwards Stadium to host budding rival Boise State and their 14th ranking this Saturday night. Senior defensive lineman J.J. Nwigwi says it's not hard to get ready and to get excited for Boise State. We just always know that Boise is our rival. Yeah, I know we come in that game. Both games are going to, uh, both teams are going to play at their best. So this week, we just know that uh, definitely after a tough loss, that we need to come out and execute this week and uh, practice to the best and practicing to the best of our abilities will hopefully translate into the field and we can see how that goes on Saturday. What's on the line for both sides? We'll get into that in just a moment. Kickoff for Saturday's matchup. Late one, 10.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 Pacific on ESPN2. Countdown to kickoff one hour before that, essentially, at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. And the radio pregame show, two hours before kickoff with Jason Shepard on BYU Radio. Thank you very much. Corbin Kafusi. quite the day yesterday. Signed with the New York Jets, was also selected in the XFL draft by your St. Louis Battle Hawks. <laughs> Kafusi and a great story, joining his brother Bronson on the Jets practice squad. Both Kafusi brothers there in New York. Also, former Cougar DeAndre Wesley was taken in the XFL draft by the D.C. Defenders. The Battle Defenders. I'm guessing they're that- not. The Kafusis will always opt for the Jets over the Battlehawks. <laughs> Kyle Collinsworth and his new team, the Utah Jazz, in Salt Lake City tonight. Preseason NBA basketball as they welcome former Weber State great Damian Lillard and the Portland Trail Blazers. Collinsworth making his second appearance as a Jazz member. He did not play against the Kings on Monday. We'll see if he gets into the game tonight. Tip-off 90s from 6 Pacific. BYU Women's Soccer moving up to number 5 in the United Soccer Coaches poll after dominant wins over Pepperdine and Pacific. The Cougars back in action Friday night hosting St. Mary's 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Here come the Boise State Broncos back to Provo and Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We're expecting a chance of precipitation, colder temperatures, late Saturday night kickoff. And what is on the line for BYU and Boise State when they renew their budding rivalry? Jason, let's dive into the dynamics of this. Both sides, what's on the line this Saturday night? Look, okay, so my concern is BYU. It is not Boise State. <gasps> Color me shocked. Yes, I know. I know it's, it's interesting comments here on BYU Sports Nation, but... I don't really care what's on the line for the Broncos, <laughs> to be perfectly honest with you. Look, yes, they're in line for a New Year's Six Bowl if they keep winning, but their their possible future is no concern of mine. My concern is BYU riding the ship. And while it's not technically a must-win for bowl eligibility, I think that's on the line for BYU on Saturday. With two wins on the season, BYU still needs four wins for bowl eligibility. I'm still saying UMass Liberty and Idaho State are wins, Uh so you need one more of Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State at minimum. Why why does it come down to Boise State, then why not San Diego State? Because I want all three of those games, this team to go in with the mentality, for bowl eligibility, we have to win this game. I think you you have to have that mindset in these next, those three specifically, Boise State, Utah State, and San Diego State. And I understand, I know exactly where you're going to go as soon as I say this. This is the one game at home, too. The other two are on the road. So, again, while it's not technically a must-win for bowl eligibility, 
I, I, I think that's on the line for them. I want them to have the mentality that bowl eligibility is on the line. We have to win this game. I also think team morale is on the line. It is human nature to be down when things are not going well. And a win over a ranked Boise State team can springboard not just turning the season around from a win-loss standpoint, but also regaining that confidence that this team had after the wins over Tennessee and USC. So I think that's on the line as well. Could one win do that, though? I think it could. Could one win do that? I know it's a ranked team and it's Boise State, but... At two and four, BYU having lost three straight games, I'm not sure that even beating a ranked team in and of itself would turn everything around. No, I'm not saying it's the cure-all, but it it starts to turn things the other direction, or it can if you handle it the right way. Now, if BYU beat Boise State and Utah State, then maybe, then maybe there's this feeling of, okay, they faced some adversity, they figured some things out. Now BYU is back to 500, 4 and 4. They won two rivalry games back to back. They're going to win the next three, and they're potentially battling for an eighth win against San Diego State. Then maybe there is that belief. But one yes. game at a time, Spencer. Oh, goodness. Come on. I'm not concerned about Boise State's welfare per <laughs> se, but. I do understand what they bring into Provo, and BYU can play a significant spoiler card yes. against one of their rivals. The Broncos are undefeated, 6-0, and number 14 in the country. They have a stronghold on that New Year's 6 position as the key group of five team. Who else is going to be there? SMU? I don't think SMU is going to go undefeated through the American, especially after almost losing. So it, it kind of feels like it's Boise's spot to lose. BYU could spoil that. Also, the Cougars need to avoid a fourth straight loss to Boise. Yeah. That's what's on the line. The Broncos could win four straight. BYU can avoid a fourth straight loss. And if BYU wants to have a home winning record this season, then yes, they have to beat Boise State. That is a must win if the Cougars are to have a home winning record in 20. They have to beat Boise State on Saturday night and get that second ranked win at home. Goodness gracious. Let's talk some changes in topic number two. While head coach Kalani Sataki didn't give specifics when talking to the media at the beginning of the week, he did say they're working on some things and making some adjustments to improve BYU's play in their problem areas. What changes do you expect BYU to make this week against Boise? Starting on the defensive side, I expect to see some different looks from the BYU defense schematically and specifically with some blitz packages. BYU has not been super aggressive or overly aggressive in getting after the quarterback and disguising some looks. I feel like BYU's defensive staff will throw in some elements to try and throw off whoever the Boise State quarterback is, whether it's Bachmeyer, who's a freshman, yep. or their backup who has a lot of experience, BYU is going to give them some unique looks. There will be some other coaches' fingerprints in these defensive packages because it is urgency time for BYU. I don't expect a wholesale change. Now is not the time to make a wholesale defensive change midway through the season because you don't want to overwhelm your guys with so much new stuff, but there will be enough to try and throw Boise State off. So that's what I expect on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, I hopefully expect Jaron Hall to be handing the ball off to Lopini Katoa more. The way that Lopini Katoa ran against USF 
And frankly, what he's done against most group of five teams in his BYU career, he's been really, really effective. So I expect more Lopini Katoa at running back and not as much. Emmanuel Isupa, I think it'll be more of an even share there. And then, yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, we're, we're going to see some other coaches' fingerprints and things that BYU are doing. Look, you and I are on the same page, specifically on the defensive end. I expect a lot more pressure from all areas of the defense. And it just more aggressive defensively, more in the box, taking more chances, and game planning for earlier contact versus playing back like we've seen a little bit and allowing teams that cushion to pick up yards before first contact, I think that's big. I think that's something we'll see. Uh, if BYU is going to be successful on defense, they have got to bring pressure. And, and it's not just filling gaps for the run. It's bringing pressure making the quarterback uncomfortable, you know, putting pressure on the offensive line to protect. And, and if, you, if you can make the quarterback, young quarterback specifically, make them start questioning and going through reads, you know, the chances of them making a mistake uh, increase with the, the more, you know, the more reads they have to go through. So I, I just think pressure is huge. Stopping the run it just goes without saying. It has been BYU's defensive Achilles heel all season long. So that's certainly where I would I would expect to see some changes. It Offens- has to change. It, it, it has to. Otherwise, we know what's going to happen because we've seen it. Offensively, the problem area is the red zone. Kalani said, we have to score more touchdowns. We cannot settle for field goals. I would expect better offensive execution inside the 20. But how? And I don't know how, that, though? I don't know if that means... If it means taking more chances... Look, one of the biggest changes is I, I expect them to completely hammer in no penalties. Penalties have killed BYU, specifically in that area where you had an opportunity to keep a drive going deep. And you, maybe you pick it up and then a penalty brings it back. Or a penalty pulls you out of, out of you know, you forced to kick a field goal because you're just not close enough to go for it. So I, I expect a cleaner game from a penalty standpoint and, and better execution down low. Whether that's handing the ball off a little bit more, whether it's a gr- more aggressive play calling, I, I, I don't know. But Kalani said there are two things, and there are the obvious two things that everybody can see. It's touchdown percentage in the red zone, and it's defensive rush, you know, it's rush defense and, and slowing down the other team's ground game. Those two things are the biggest problems. So that's where I would expect to see changes to counter those. You want a solution in the red zone? Find Matt Bushman. I know, I know. That's just way out of the box, isn't it? Who, who would think to target your All-American tight end and let him go up and make some plays? Find Matt Bushman in the red zone. Please, please. Find Matt Bushman in the red zone. Start there and run up the gut, whatever. Just attacking the edges against these more athletic defenses that have speed on the outside, it's not working. Well, speaking of the red zone, we got a great stat of the day for you. Check this out. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has scored on six of seven red zone appearances versus ranked teams this year. The six, it's three TDs, three field goals. Okay. Now that obviously you 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 want you want to score all touchdowns, but against ranked teams, BYU in the red zone has been able to f- put points on the board okay. in six out of the seven opportunities. Okay. So I see what you're doing here. You're saying that BYU is going to go and have a better game against the ranked team because that makes complete sense. Because that's just what happens. It's weird, <laughs> but it's what's happened. Let's say that the cards are all there and the stars align, and late Saturday night. 
BYU beats Boise State for the first time in four seasons. They have their second ranked home win. They avoid what would be a winless October yes. by beating Boise State. And now they're three and four. How would a win against Boise State change the way you feel about the current state of BYU football? Look, like we talked about earlier, one win is not going to change everything, but it can certainly begin the change and the turnaround. So a win would be huge. And honestly, I think it would remind everybody after three straight losses what this team is capable of. I think there would be uh, excitement because it's a ranked team. It's one of the rivalry games that BYU has established as a rivalry. You know, I, I think it's I think it's a win would also be a little frustrating. Yes, it, yes. Would, it would be a little frustrating. Like, well, wait a minute. So what happened against South Florida? What happened against Toledo? Washington, you understand. You get it. But if, if we're good enough to beat USC and Boise State, the ranked teams here, what happened? So you're excited, but also scratching your head. Like It makes the last two losses even more mind-boggling. But overall, it would be a massive boost to this team and this fan base, and both need it right now. Yes, awesomely frustrating is the way to put it. It's like, yeah, second ranked win at home. BYU's going to have a winning record. All right. Things are going the right way. But, yeah, Uh, what if BYU had just beaten South Florida? Ah, the what if game. Then they'd be four and three. Or even had they beaten Toledo, just BYU would be over 500. Everything would feel exponentially different on that emotional scale. So, yeah, frustratingly awesome is the right way to describe how I would feel. But most importantly, it would give BYU some belief moving forward to Utah State. It would change the whole dynamic of how the Utah State side looks at BYU and how BYU feels going to Logan. Well, BYU has beaten Tennessee, USC, and Boise State. So we know the Cougars are capable of going to Logan and beating Utah State. So I think that if BYU is to feel like they can salvage anything and, and do something that will show progress. Yeah, beat Boise State and then, and then go from there and then go into a bye week. A bye week after beating Boise State is, man, it feels like just it, what the doctor ordered. It's, it would be absolutely huge. That way you're not, following, you're not following losses heading into both of your bye weeks. Yeah, think about that. Two and five BYU going to Logan. Just think about that. Two, I, no, I do not want to think about that. Two and five BYU going to Logan compared to three and four BYU going to Logan after beating ranked Boise State. Whoa. What a difference it one game can make. gives you something to make. build off of. Yeah, for sure. Coming up, the top ten plays so far this year for BYU football. What kind of changes does Riley Nelson, the former BYU quarterback and current radio analyst, expect BYU football to make when he watches the Cougars take on the Broncos on Saturday night? He'll tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Stay tuned after BYU Sports Nation today for BYU football with Kalani Satake. Join Coach Satake, Greg Rubel, and player guest J.J. Nwigwe 
as they preview this week's Boise State matchup that's immediately following BYU Sports Nation today on BYU TV. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside Jason Shepard. I'm Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us. Bringing in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline now, our first guest, former BYU quarterback, current BYU radio football analyst, Riley Nelson. Riley, welcome back to the program. How are you? Doing well, fellas. Uh, well, about as well as we we all can at a at a two and four, sitting at two and four after being a two and two, and, and the world was our oyster. But we're getting by day by day. Hey, well, you've had quite the distraction this week as well. Congratulations on a new addition to your family in the Nelson roster, George Wynn Nelson, born yesterday, twenty one inches, seven pounds, six ounces. Congratulations, man. How's fatherhood feel? Thank you so much. It's. Uh, I'm I'm happy to have two boys. The good Lord has blessed me that uh, he knows an old age. One of my greatest fears was being bored by not having enough sporting <laughs> events to go to. <laughs> so with the two sons, uh, yeah, I've been blessed by that mean. But we're we're happy. Mom did a good job, and she's healthy, and couldn't be more thrilled. Maybe it's just me, but isn't it crazy how much you forget when you've already had one, but then you welcome a second, and you're like, oh yeah, I, for- I forgot about this. Yeah, like how small they are and how, like, it's months before they even, like, acknowledge the fact that you're there. They're just staring <laughs> off into space randomly. Yeah, but it, it, it's all fun in its own right, for sure. Well, and the good news is this wasn't a road game week, so that you were home, everything was good. Um, let's focus in on the on the task at hand for BYU this week. Everybody knows the two biggest issues for BYU, one on offense, one on defense. Offense, you have the red zone touchdown percentage. Satake talked all week, we got to score more touchdowns. On the defensive side, it's stopping the run. What do you think is easier to fix, the red zone touchdown percentage or the rush defense? Um, neither. No, <laughs> it, it, it's hard. Oh, Riley, no. <laughs> I know. Well, here's the thing, like. On the surface, they're both more complex issues. On the surface, you want to say stop in the run because that's just an effort thing, right? That's just mano a mano, man up, play more physical, play with greater effort, play with greater pursuit, and make those tackles. But yet here we are six games into the season, mixing around scheme, and the guys, I watched the film, the guys are playing you know, decently hard. There's some, maybe some backside pursuit where there could be a little bit better effort, but they're playing pretty hard, and we just can't seem to to figure it out there. And then on the red zone side, there's two. Th- you have the opposite. You're like, oh man, we need better schemes. We need to be more creative down there, and things like that. But just like where you think there's more effort, but it has more to do with scheme, and you think on the offensive side of the ball, it's all scheme. But there's also just an element of willing yourself and deciding and creating a culture like of. of that when you get inside the 20, you score touchdowns regardless of what play call is going to be. You are going to will your offensive unit into the end zone. And so they're both multifaceted. I guess I've kind of skirted this question. I'll give you a hard one. Or I'll give you a straight up answer. And I think the easier fix is stopping the run. Riley Nelson with us on BYU Sports Nation. You talked about schemes and potential schematic changes. Do you anticipate that you will see anything very different on Saturday on either side of the ball from BYU? Um, uh, offensively, I, I don't know. I know that's depend. By the way, do, uh, I'll ask you guys because you're on the cutting edge of the breaking news and all things BYU. <laughs> Has, do we have a definitive word on Jaron? We do not at this point. Hopeful, yeah. yes. Hopeful, but uh, yeah, no definitive word. 
So that's still up in the air. Regardless, I, I don't see dr- drastic offenses. I see them continuing down the line of what we saw with South Florida when Jaron was in the ball, or if Baylor goes just out of necessity, a more simplified version of the offense that we've seen up to this point. Defensively, they have two running backs averaging more than five yards a carry, and Boise always. I know Bachmeyer was getting a lot of pub, and I know this you know backup came in and threw three touches against Hawaii, but their identity is to establish a physical presence of football. And so I'm sure from the moment they popped on the film against BYU, they are going to come in and try and establish themselves physically and run the ball first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth, and on all four downs. And so if we, if we, if they're the absolute, I don't expect much difference on offense and I'm, we got to do something different on defense. Otherwise, it's going to be deja vu all over again. And Boise is going to rush for 250-plus and, and really not ever give us a chance to be in the game because their offensive production just comes so easily on the ground. Since we don't know right now the status of Jaron Hall, and again, hopeful that he can play, is BYU capable of beating Boise State if Jaron doesn't play? If, did you see enough out of Baylor-Romney at the end of that game that, that you feel comfortable that the offense can do what it needs to do and beat Boise State? Yeah, I do. I don't think – now, here's what I'll say. I don't think – when you look at it from all three phases, I don't think the offense will be able to beat them single-handedly alone. I think we're going to need big, big plays and better plays from special – from special teams, and I think we, we need a, a an extraordinary, and, and keep in mind, ordinary for this defense is defined as one that gives up a lot of uh, a lot of rush yards and cannot seem to close in the second half. So we need a different performance from the defense. I think we need a special uh, performance from the special teams. Uh, and then, yes, I think the offense is big enough, but if those two, if special teams and defense aren't pulling their part, I don't think the offensive unit is going to be able to overcome um, you know, lack of performance in the other two areas alone. Former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson with us on BYU Sports Nation. We talked yesterday about ways that BYU could potentially salvage this season. And I know at two and four, after three straight losses, things are borderline negative and they don't feel good. But how can BYU salvage this season, Riley? Win. I mean, we <laughs> we're all tired of our. Of, of moral victories, I, I feel like. And when I see we, I truly mean all we, not just the fans and those of us who are supporters, but people in the program, I think, are tired of it. I'm tired of taking more moral victories, tired of having to make excuses. And so it just comes down um, to winning. Because we've proved, you know, the last two weeks, they've been competitive and let games slip away. They, uh, and, so being competitive is not simply enough. They just need to find ways to win these football games. And then I think all things considered, here's what I think. If they're able to reverse their record and go 4-2 and two in the last six and make a bowl game and we look back on the entire 12-game season, we'll say, man, we had those huge injuries coming out of the gate. It, the situation looked, as, looked absolutely desperate six games through. But you know what? Here we are at 6-6. Six and six, we're going to Hawaii at a bowl game, a chance to play for a winning record, and we can hit restart again next year, getting all these guys back healthy and, and, and take another shot in 2020. Riley, both teams are preparing for an opponent that they don't know who the quarterback is going to be. What's it like, and I understand you were an offensive player, but in general, when you're preparing for an opponent, when 
the most important player on the roster is is somewhat undetermined at that point. How is the preparation for that week for for a team when you don't know who the quarterback's going to be? Great question. You prepare for you look at all the potential um, players, um, and then you pick the worst case scenario, right? So I we'll use Boise for example. Bachmeyer and his skill set. If that if the defensive staff determines that he gives them the most fits, then they're going to prepare as if Bachmeyer is is playing um because that way it's like it's kind of like lowest common denominator right that way anything short of that you should be able to cover based on your your talent and your base defense alone or let's say that this backup quarterback runs around and and you know qb run game is what's going to give you fits you prepare for qb run game and then if they play the drop back guy that doesn't keep you up at night. You're like, okay, we prepared for this. It doesn't. They're playing the drop back guy. Now it's business as usual. So that when you don't know what the personnel is on the other side, you figure out what could potentially cause you the biggest problem. You prep for that. So you're ready for it. And then if it happens to not be that, you're fine. Even though you maybe didn't prepare specifically for that game plan, it's not your worst case scenario. You're stronger against that option than you were against the worst case option. And so you feel good about your chances. Riley, in yesterday's media availability, some BYU players, I should say earlier this week on Monday, we heard some guys open up, specifically Chaz Ayu, saying, yeah, it's really frustrating when the defense creates a turnover and the offense can't really do anything with it. Or the defense gets a stop and then the offense stalls and there's there's nothing to come from that. Some people had a problem with that, saying, oh, don't call out the offense like that, man. But in Chaz's defense, he created a turnover against Toledo that was an all-world potential game changer only to watch that blow up in his face. And he had another turnover created against USF and that stalled as well. So what's the correct way to hold teammates accountable? If you're in a position like Chaz, are you? Yeah, if I'm, I don't, he was stating facts like any offensive player that wants to take offense to that and say that what he was saying was somehow exaggeration or not true. is not, that person is, is, is not based in reality and so you, pre- you prefer to not have things play out in the media but but it gets to a point i've been on teams like this and where the frustration gets to a point that you can't hide it anymore you know you put on the facade for the media and you give the cliche answers and you try and be more but but it's just so close to the surface that when you get in media availability it comes out and and everybody understands it so you would prefer to handle it inside the locker room and here's the other thing that i would hope is you know chat the first time the teammates are hearing those thoughts from Chaz is not through the media that he's already voiced those internally. And then when he says them again, externally, it's no, it doesn't catch anybody by surprise and nobody gets offended. So I don't have a problem with it as long as it's gone about the right way. And, and look, things that he said, none of it was personal. It's, it's all stuff that we all know are plain as day. He was just being pra- pragmatic and realistic. Um, the, the biggest thing that I'm concerned about of this is what is the response going to be? I, I hope if this was what was needed to elicit a different response and a different uh, um, outcome from this football team, then, I'm ta- then I'll take it. Riley, great to hear from you, man. Congratulations on uh, the birth of your second son, George, and uh, we're thrilled for you. Hopefully we are discussing happier things when we talk to you next. <laughs> You bet. Hey, I'm, I'm keeping the hope, and thanks so much for the well wishes, and uh, go Kooks. All right, you got it, man. Thanks, Riley. Riley Nelson on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Spencer Linton, this guy right here, going one-on-one with Trajan Peely. So when he says he's playing for his brothers, 
Like it, it literally, it literally means that. Plus, the top ten plays at the halfway point of the BYU football season. You all need to pick me up. So don't go anywhere. This is BYU Sports Nation. Saturday, get ready for BYU and Boise State with Countdown to Kickoff live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium with Spencer Linton, David Nixon, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and special guest analyst Brian Keel. It all begins at 9 Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on BYU TV. Want some raw, passionate opinion? (laughs) Let's bring in Brian Keel and do so with his former Cougar and NFL teammate, David Nixon. I like it. Yeah, yeah, quite a tandem. That was quite the, yeah, quite the tandem indeed. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Here is your second look at today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars of BYU football back in Lavelle Edwards Stadium to take on 14th-ranked and undefeated Boise State late this Saturday night. Senior defensive lineman J.J. Duingue says it's not hard to get excited about playing the Broncos. We just always know that Boise is our rival. Yeah, I know we come in that game. Both games are going to, uh, both teams are going to play at their best. So this week, we just know that uh, definitely after a tough loss, that we need to come out and execute this week and uh, practice to the best and practicing to the best of our abilities will hopefully translate into the field and we can see how that goes on Saturday. Hey, you want to make a statement and spoil the season for one of your rivals? BYU has an opportunity to do both and more. 10.15 Eastern, 7.50 Pacific on ESPN2. Countdown to kickoff at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on BYU TV. And the radio pregame show starts two hours before kickoff on BYU Radio. Corbin Kafusi, DeAndre Wesley, and Micah Hanneman have all been taken in the XFL draft. Now, yesterday, Wesley was taken in the third round by the D.C. Defenders. Kafusi uh, was picked up in the 10th round by the St. Louis Battlehawks. This morning, Micah Hanneman is the first pick in the sixth round taken by the Tampa Bay Vipers. Back to Corbin Kafusi. It was a big day for him yesterday. Not only was he drafted in the XFL, oh, by the way, he signed in the NFL with the New York Jets. He's on the Jets' practice squad alongside his brother, Bronson. Yeah, I'm guessing Corbin's going to stay in the My NFL. My guess is he's going to be in the National the Football Jets League. And his brother, Kyle Collinsworth, now a member of the Utah Stars and technically the Utah Jazz, back in Salt Lake City tonight as the Jazz host Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers in NBA preseason basketball. This marks Collinsworth's second game as a member of his new Utah team. And he didn't play Monday. Maybe he'll play tonight and make his debut in preseason play. Tip-off, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. I wonder if Lillard's bringing any diss tracks with him. Okay. To, to, um, yeah, who knows. BYU women's soccer moves up to number five in the latest coaches poll after dominant wins over Pepperdine and Pacific. The Cougars host St. Mary's Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. I can't think of a better time to roll <laughs> out this next segment. We need this. It's midweek off of a third straight BYU football loss in the midst of turmoil, yes, we all need a pick-me-up. If this segment were food, it would be a Snickers bar. So why wait? Here are the top ten plays at the midway point of the BYU football season brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Secure it. 
matchup top of the screen. Third and ten. Wilson going to take a shot, and that is hauled in. Hefo again. Oh, what a move from Hefo. To the end zone. Touchdown. Keaton Slovis shotgun. Looks and fires quickly to his right. Picked off. Diving interception made. Just shy of the 30-yard line. Short drop for Jaron. Goes for the end zone. Looking for Mill. Dax Mill. Did he haunt him with one arm? He did for touchdown. Dax Mill with a great grab. Messi all press. Play fake. Wilson setting up. Takes a shot downfield. And oh, what a catch. Touchdown. Out of an empty set here. It's a design quarterback run for Wilson. Straight ahead, first down, and touchdown! BYU has the lead again. Yep, it's Williams. Pushing toward the end zone, and no signal yet. but couldn't hang on. Slovis going to throw. Zips it. Has his tip. If it's picked off, the game is over. It is intercepted. Gawolik, who got it for the Cougars. Believe it or not, there were some really, really happy, happy hey, times. This I feel season. better. I know, right? I've been Le- just seeing those. Yes. Yes, it brings a smile to my face. <laughs> you know, my countenance is brighter. Like, I do feel better. That is yes. exactly what I needed. <laughs> there have been some remarkable plays. And how about Dax Milne, a former walk-on with two of the top ten plays, just outstanding catches and plays by uh, by Dax Milne. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. Great stuff. And I do feel better. Yes. Thank you so much. Whosever idea that was to put that together, thank you so much. <laughs> Coming up, our rise and shout-outs. You may have already heard mine. And Trajan Peely, my one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access interview with him, why he thinks the BYU run defense will be markedly better against Boise State on Saturday night. This is BYU Sports Nation.
This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up on Friday, ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball hosting San Diego at the Smith Fieldhouse. That is going to be a good one. You can watch the match on BYU TV coverage beginning at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific. Trajan Peely is hoping that the BYU defense, with his help, can shore up that run defense. And he's literally playing for his brothers, two of them. All discussed in my one-on-one conversation, BYU Sports Nation All Access. Here's Trajan Peely. Trajan, what a busy time of life for you. Pretty busy. Football, (laughs) you've got a new baby at home, wife to take care of, and you're managing school as well. What has this semester been like for you? Man, it's uh, it's definitely been one of the most busiest I've had thus far. I mean, never a dull moment, never really a pause because, I mean, we're traveling all the time. You go home, you want to be with baby, and I want to be with my wife. And same time, you got to squeeze in homework somewhere and sometimes sleep and eat. You know, you can add those two in sometimes. But uh, it's been fun. I think it's the most blessed semester I've had thus far. So, How has it changed your perspective on life as an athlete? <sighs> That's a good question. For me, I mean... Football, there's a lot bigger things than football, and I think family is one of them, and that's something we try to teach here at BYU to the team is, you know, you're playing for not only yourselves, but you're playing for your family. And for me, that's kind of been exclamated a little bit more with having my own son and uh, wife. And um, for me, I've just been able to try to motivate myself and try to push myself to be even better. Well, the family card is interesting for you, too, because you have a brother and a (laughs) brother-in-law on the team. So how has that dynamic shaped the way that you approach this game? I think it just says even more like just what I said. Um, it just makes you want to play harder. You want to play for people that literally are just like you say, oh, you know, they're my brothers on the team, you know, came to BYU together. But these are people that I've been with since the day I was born and they were born. So it just adds an extra, you know, an extra motivation, extra level of uh, competition that you want to push yourself to. No bones about it. This has been a challenging last few weeks for you and for the team. Two wins, four losses, coming off uh, a game where you feel like you should have won that game and, and beaten that team. So where do the emotions go, and, and how do you get things righted? How, how do you turn the ship around? You know, I, th- I think it's one, you know, you hear people talk about it all the time, you know, hey, you know, why'd y'all lose? What happened? What went wrong? Uh, you can think about, though, you have two choices, really. You can think about those things and dwell on what everyone's saying, or you can look yourself in the mirror and be like, all right, how can I get better as a player, as a teammate, and as a team as a whole, we look ourselves in the mirror and see what can we do better to win this game. You know, forget everything that's happened in the past. It is what it is, not how we want it, but what we can control is what happens in the future. So for us as a team, that's what we're doing. How do you block negativity out that sometimes tends to creep in with so much social media and, and whatnot? I think uh, one of the cool things about this team is we have goals set as a team, and not everyone knows those goals. Some think they know, uh, and they try to clamor in and say, oh, y'all won't achieve them or stuff like that. And as a team, I think if we just keep ourselves focused on what we want as a team, what we want to achieve, then I think we'll be all right. You know, We won't have to listen to what others say um, that maybe be contrary to what we want to do, how we want to finish the season. So as long as we keep that in mind, I think we'll be all right. On your side of the ball, BYU, and it's no secret, Trying to stop the run. Yeah. How will things change this week so that you can stop the run against Boise State? That that's the focus. I mean, that's everything that we're doing right now as a, as a defense is we got to stop the run. There, there's no question about it. Um, you know, that's everything we do. All the drills, team is we're focused on stopping the run. That's been a weakness of ours in the the season, and we want to make it a strength by the end of the season. 
typically adversity creates change or at least change in scheme and yeah. kind of some focus. How has that impacted you and your coaches specifically this week? I think it kind of goes with the run stopping. You know, we, that's what we want to do. And so we're going to scheme whatever works best to do just that. Whether, you know, we switch up the defense completely or we keep what we're doing and just maybe tweak a couple things here and there. Um, no matter what, we're going to scheme to stop the run. And that's what we're going to do, most importantly. What do you know about Boise State football at this point of the week? Uh, I mean, I think it's kind of the same thing they've been for years, just consistent. You know, you look at all their team, offense, defense, and special teams, just very consistent team. Year in, year out, they come out to play hard, and they play hard for, the, for each other and for the coaches. And, you know, that's always a good team in, in any case, whether or not they have the athletic players or not. If they, if they have those type of guys on the team, they'll be good, and that's what we see thus far. I don't know what their quarterback situation is. I don't really care, but uh, for us, you know, we know we play a good team, but we feel we're a good team too, you know, and we just haven't been able to show it, and we're excited for Saturday. Third consecutive ranked opponent to come to Provo. So yeah. you've been down this road before. <laughs> you know what's on the line. Yeah. How much does that linger in the back of your mind, knowing that this is an opportunity to make a statement to the nation after two very disappointing losses? Yeah. I think for us as a team, you know, we've, we've been in those big games, first-ranked opponents, home and away. Uh, we know how to, be, how to win, uh, whether who, no matter who we're playing. So I think for us, if we just focus on that, the small little details, don't try to get caught up in all the, the big lights, the, the TV and all that stuff. I think we just focus on what we need to do as a player and as a team, then we'll be okay. Have you noticed a demeanor change from your coaches this week? And if so, how has it been? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously, it's it sucks to lose. You know, you don't want to lose to a team, especially USF, in a game that maybe we were supposed to win. And so for them, you know, I think it's just more so we want to push ourselves even more. And the coaches know that. They want to get more out of us. They want to get more out of each other. And so because of that, that's what their demeanor and their attitude towards this week is. What do fans and your typical BYU fan not see that's going on within this team that makes you feel like you're going to show up with the right attitude and the right execution level on Saturday night? You know, I think a lot of times, you know, you look at the record and you think, oh, most teams will fall apart, you know, try to start to split up. You have your different cliques in the locker room. For us as a team, that's not the case. Uh, we're, we're still a team inside that locker room. We're still a family, and we're going to support each other through the thick and thin uh, no matter what happens, but we know what we want to happen. And so as a, as a team and as a family, we're going to make a goal to get that for each other. You specifically have been through this type of adversity before, in seasons yeah. before. So how has it helped you this year? Uh, you know, I don't want to say, oh, we've been there before because it sounds kind of bad. But, I mean, we know what we don't want and we, want to know, and we know how to get where we want to be. And so for the rest of the season, that's our goal is to, to finish the right way, uh, go undefeated and win as many games as we can. How much game planning do you do with your wife? <laughs> you know, I try to keep football at the at the facility. So at home, when I when I'm with my wife, it's just me and her. You know, spend time not talking football. I try to keep it to a minimum. You probably have to ask her how much I say. So um, I try to keep it to a minimum, though. We'll put it at that. <laughs> okay, so we'll uh, we'll figure out what minimum means. But hey, Tracy, it's great to talk hey, to you. Let's it. give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for the big game against hey, Boise I State. It. I appreciate it. Thank you. Trajan Peely, one-on-one BYU Sports Nation all-access class act and a guy that uh, you want in your arsenal when you're trying to ride the ship. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that's certainly going to help out in terms of kind of stabilizing that rush defense. He's one of the guys that uh, will be prime candidate to, to do that. Coming up, a big day for Corbin Kafusi. And a big day for his brother Bronson, for that matter. They're brothers, they're happy, and they're dancing, and you know what? Yep, let's just move Just on. stay with us. The Jets social media team is winning. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
Shout out to today's guests, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson and Trajan Peely. The show on demand via podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU squares off against 14th-ranked Boise State this Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Kickoff is at 10.15 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.15 p.m. Pacific, with countdown to kickoff one hour before on BYU TV, radio pregame on BYU Radio two hours prior. Corbin Kafusi signs with the New York Jets practice squad. He also received a draft call in the XFL. Kafusi picked in the 10th round by the St. Louis Battlehawks. Former Cougar DeAndre Wesley chosen in the third round by the D.C. Defenders. Cougars in pro hoops. And Micah, uh, Micah Hanneman, the sixth round by the Vipers. Tampa Bay Vipers. That is correct. Uh, Kyle Collinsworth and the Utah Jazz host Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers tonight in NBA preseason action. This will be Collinsworth's second game as a member of the Jazz. He did not play on Monday against the Kings, so we'll see if he gets in the game tonight. Soccer. BYU women's soccer up to number five in the United Soccer Coaches poll after crushing wins over Pepperdine and Pacific. Michaela Coulihan, the WCC Player of the Week. BYU hosts St. Mary's Friday at 9 Eastern live on BYU Radio. Tennis. BYU men's tennis competes in the ITA Regional Championships in Denver, Colorado, which starts today and runs through Saturday. Today's rise and shout out, a combined effort, and it goes to the New York Jets social media team. Look, it was awesome yesterday that the Jets, we have both Kafusis, and then they did the, the this two Spider-Men pointing at each other. Oh, yes. Look, getting to the NFL by itself is unbelievable. To be able to get to the NFL and be on the same team as your brother, what an unbelievable experience. They get the rise and shout out. Congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. And Bronson and Corbin haven't played on the same field together for 10 years. I know. 10 years. So fantastic. Wish them the best of luck. Our question of the day, which specific changes do you expect to see from BYU football on Saturday? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Applejack 707. Defensive stops on third downs and getting pressure in the backfield for sacks and tackles for loss. BYU had one tackle for loss, no sacks against USF. He continues, Offensive fin- offense finishes in the red zone for six instead of three. Also win the turnover battle. More pressure, stopping the run, scoring more touchdowns. That is the changes that we want to see on Saturday. BYU won the turnover battle in the last two games. Didn't win. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to CJ Ayu. BYU football with Kalani Sitake is next on BYU TV. Go Cougs!